This is our People Podcast, telling the stories behind South Tyneside and Sunderland NHS Foundation Trust. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's edition of Our People Podcast. My name's Lauren Robinson, I'm a Communications Manager at the Trust and I will be hosting this episode today. Um, today we're joined by Graham Cassidy, who is Chief Officer of Age Concern Tyneside South, also known as ACTS. Um, and this week we chatted about all the support that is available for people in the local community, but in particularly South Tyneside. I hope that you enjoy it. Graham, can you tell me a little bit more about Age Concern Tyneside South and the work that it does? Uh, absolutely. So um, Age Concern Tyneside South is a relatively new charity. Uh, it was, uh, it, it's got a bit of a history and transferred from some other charities, but it came into existence in the 1st of September 2016. And its aims and objectives are to work with the older people of the borough of South Tyneside. So in our head, that means 50 plus. Um, and it's to provide older people with a voice to ensure that they have fulfilling, happy, um, enjoyable lives wherever possible. Um, we have several services, um, we've got a couple of contracts, um, and we have a fair amount of engagement with older people. Last year, uh, we work with 16,500 people. That is a lot, isn't it? Yes. Um, uh, so we have a, a variety of services. One of the services that's probably um, working with the most people outside of the hospital stuff is we have an information and advice service. So that is people who um, get letters that they don't understand, get parking fines when they shouldn't have got parking fines, get rent arrears, council tax bills, benefit letters, or their circumstances change and they need to make a claim for benefits. We also um, now work with Macmillan around people who've received cancer diagnosis, where we can do uh, free wills, lasting power attorneys, um, provide them with financial support. We have link workers in that team, so a link worker works with an individual to develop a personalised plan to achieve something. So it could be, I'd really like a dentist, but I'm struggling and I've got these issues and I'm embarrassed, so we'll work with that person to try and find them a dentist. It could be one of my favourites is, um, I want to join a model railway club, right? And we were like, is there such a thing? Apparently there is a meet in the fountain. Oh, wow. Monthly. There you go. So surprisingly, there are lots of things out there that people, and those connections make a difference to people's lives. Yeah. And what we are busy working on and developing is the physical and social activity that they can be linked into, not necessarily run by us, but that is mm -hmm. just there in the community that can make a difference to their physical and mental yeah. health which then hopefully stops blue lights and attendances to acute yeah. because they're feeling better and they're more connected. So isolation and loneliness are our big enemies um, and misinformation is a big enemy. Yeah, great. So your role is Chief Officer. So can you just explain a little more about what that entails? Effectively the Chief Officer, so in a, in a, in a 
a charity. There's a board of trustees who are all volunteers, and we're really lucky. We've got eight volunteers with a myriad of skills and services from solicitors to accountants to um, ex-NHS consultant change managers to governors of CNTW. So I've got a really good board, um, operational managers for international tech companies. It's a really good board. So they give strategic direction. I, as the chief officer, make their desires and goals a real thing where I can. And I suppose I'm responsible for making the strategic aims into action plans and operational activity, if that makes sense. Which also means I'm probably outward facing more and I get to do lots of engagement meetings. So I'm kind of an interface between the non-exec board who are all volunteers and then the staff and the volunteers who deliver day to day. So, uh, and then working with, so we've got some corporate volunteers who provide over, um, I don't know how many hours it is now, it's comfortably over 200 hours a week of volunteering that we get. We have over 300 volunteers on our books. Some of those are corporate, some of those are just lovely people who live in the borough who go, can we do something? We do reception, they do admin, they do anything. Yeah. And our latest bits that we've just added is we've got an allotment that um, we're going to clear and make a sensory garden for people to come and visit. So where's the, where's the allotment? So it's going to be, so we've got it, and it's at Beadburn Allotments oh, in right. Gerald. But we've also got two of the um, old lighthouse keeper allotment plots at Suter Lighthouse, and we're in mm. partnership with Seascape around those within the National Trust bit, and we're going to work and get volunteers and parties to go there. But the 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 Beadburn Jarrow one, the that the Jarrow one is a jungle, so we're going to. Um, one of my staff said, can we write to Charlie Dimmick to get her to design it? I went, absolutely, feel free, fill your boots. So, um, so that will be probably by next spring, get it cleared and then replanted and ready. But by next spring, that will be a place where sometimes from our, the dementia centre that we run out of Haven Court or uh, clients with dementia that we were supporting the community, and other groups we're going to work with uh, vision hearing support around blind and deaf people coming and being able to have a bit of a time have a sit down if need be in the shed and, and just be able to yeah. offer it as a community space that's nice so that's our one of our latest bits yeah. and that revolves around me then working with Cumbrian Waste who've just won the contract with South Townside Council for recycling waste um, and they've got a corporate responsibility they heard I was looking for something so they're going to provide me a free skip and some work to help me start clearing the allotment yeah. so it's all that kind of um, a team a team play and, and being able to link in with statutory organisations the Foundation Trust the what was the CCG um, the PCNs the council and other third sector organisations is kind of my role within Age Concern. So in terms of patients at our at South Tyneside and Sunderland 
trust or specifically for you South Townside District Hospital what sort of support is available for them I suppose from in a, a prevention kind of way avoiding admission and also on discharge so um I think we probably so it's anybody who's a South Townside resident whichever hospital they're at effectively there are, there's no wrong way into that service so family can refer in you can self-refer in We've had neighbours worried about Gladys next door, where we've gone out and met Gladys and realised that there might be an issue. Um, so it, it's about building confidence, giving them some access to... So we'll take people to GP appointments to save them waiting for three more days and then ending up coming in here because of a urinary tract infection, which actually, if they go to the GPs, get a test get some antibiotics those three days they're probably starting to be on the mend rather than being in a really bad position and hitting the hospital um we've had people who just not got out of the house for whatever reason bad weather not feeling very well suddenly they can't go out of the house and then they start to deteriorate physically so we'll work with them to support them go on escorted visits with them build them up to whatever their personalized plan is Mm -hmm. Um, to keep people in hospital often a, a kind of a missed thing so pets is a big one houses people worried about things and then not wanting so to stay in hospital like not wanting yeah not yeah. wanting to go into hospital because they've got the worry or they've been pets. taken into a blue yeah. light or a yeah. family member but then when they're on the ward they're like well I can't stop because I've got so my favourite one which I had to double up a couple of months ago for was we've had to go and feed a parrot daily and change its newspaper for its drop-ins daily uh last week we were going out and feeding a cat to keep somebody in to get the treatment so that they could become medically fit so that then they could come out well that's what's important to people isn't it and that you're working with people and find out what matters to them and yes because that so, has an impact on how people recover yes it absolutely does and it also has a the men if somebody's stressed about something they're often their recovery is slower if they're stressed about something in a hospital it can be a very challenging thing for everybody around the person who's stressed in hospital. So it can make it difficult for the other people on their ward and that's staff and patients. So if we can alleviate any of that feedback. um, And then when people are coming out, so we're, we're part of the daily huddles, we're part of those conversations. So if it's about planning a discharge or working with people when they're coming out of hospital, so we'll go and buy medicine saves. We will go and make sure that they've got money and energy so that they're not coming out to cold houses, dark houses. We'll check that they've got bank cards in place. We'll do those bits and we do. So I always think of us as the practical side of things. So we're the eyes, the feet and the hands of people coming out of hospital who potentially don't have anyone else to do it. Um, Added to that, if they haven't got food and they're coming out late at night, we'll take them a food parcel. If they're coming out during the day and they've got money, we'll go shopping for them. And we then work on a a personalised plan of what is your outcome? Where do you want to get back to? How do you want to do it? And we've had support and training from the community occupational therapist teams. So um, I'll be honest, we would go in previously and love people, sit down, we'll make a cup of tea, how's it going? And now we go in and say, we'll make a cup of tea, but come and show us where everything is. Yeah. So they don't understand, they haven't picked up, we're getting them to get up. Yeah. But 
and we still make them the cup of tea, but they've actually got up and wandered into the yeah, kitchen. So it gets some people up and moving, which is always better for recovery. Um, and so we've, we're tweaking our delivery all the time. We don't have a fixed period of how long we've worked with somebody. We'd rather make sure they got to the outcome that they could if it's still attainable. Obviously, if it's not attainable, mm-hmm. we then we would reevaluate and look at an outcome that was attainable. Um, included within that service is we also have the handyman contract. So key saves, grab rail, service, toilet frames, all of those kind of things often delay a discharge or are required to get a discharge. So we have there was seven day a week service too. So we can normally get those things fitted right. in a timely manner to help with their discharge. But we will also, so we've used the minibus to get people into Blenkinsop because um, the person was too big to be put on any other kind of transport. Yeah. Um, we, as we are today, we'll go out and get a suitable chair from somewhere else to take it to somebody's house because that will mean that they're discharged. So we will, if it's practical to do, mm-hmm. we will make the effort to enable a discharge and then work with that person. Um, we had somebody who came out of hospital while they were waiting for a care package. We stepped in and helped do medicine prompts, during which time we identified that he had money problems, that his house wasn't suitable for him. So within the three months we were supporting him while he was waiting for a care package, we moved him house. Right. right. So it's pretty much nothing we won't do if it's possible. In terms of how you work with us, how Age Concern works with us, how, how do you fit in with our integrated discharge team? Like, how do you support that? So we are part of your daily huddles, as part of those planned discharges. We spend some of our every day up at the new improved SPOC under the urgent community response and also the hospital discharge bit. So we work with social care and hospital staff and the discharge nurses on the discharge lounge in terms of working with people who are coming out. We also work with the wards. So sometimes um, people are picked up by families who don't take the discharge lounge or whatever. So then the, but the wards will have asked permission and they'll give us details too. So we have m- as many possibilities of that touch point to give the opportunity for people to find out there is something there, but we're a phone number that can ring where we can get out, usually in a very quick time, and sit, make them make us a cup of tea, have a bit of a chat with them, find out what's going on, and if need be, ring the doctor, get an emergency appointment, take them down, you know, and occasionally we go out and find somebody who's had a fall or whatever and take it to the intermediate care or into a blue light, but that's kind of how we respond to that. If anybody has any questions or wants to get in touch, the best phone number 0191 And that brings me to the end of this week's episode. I would like to say a huge thank you to Graham for taking time out of his day to come and chat to her. I hope that you found the information useful and don't forget to tune in next week for more. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Our People Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and check out our other stories. Hit subscribe to keep up with the latest and catch up with what we've been up to on our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search for our name.